If mm -hmm. you um, want to sponsor Push Fitness, myself or Kara, just let us know. You can email Slide us. Slide into our DMs. You could. <laughs> that's such a hip thing to say, right? I'm like, I can't even bring myself to say it because it's too hip for me. Like I, I think about like the word redonk. <laughs> can't do that either. It's just I'm not hip enough. I, I don't even think redonk is hip. Is it? I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's like, like is it God already? <laughs> So yeah, well, wait, I think that I think the time is you don't have to worry about redonk anymore, Jill, because I think the time has passed. <laughs> Thank you for releasing me. From yes, this. you're welcome. <laughs> oh no. Okay. with our clients, we often tell them to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And we're saying that right now to you too. Let's push ourselves. Let's push ourselves to see fitness differently. Let's push the envelope when it comes to self-love. Let's push a new narrative about women and weight. Let's push out harmful ideas about the body that is rooted in racism and patriarchy. Let's find a new definition of fitness that welcomes all people. You ready? I'm ready. Let's push it. Hello, welcome to the Push Podcast. This is season two, episode 13. I think this is officially where we left off in season one, was oh, season yeah? 13. So what do you think we're going to do? I think... I think we're going to keep going. Me too. <laughs> I think we're going to keep going into season two. But yeah, so we, um, we're we both a little bit uh, hungover from love. Yes. <laughs> you morning. called it an oxytocin hangover. An oxytocin hangover. Mm -hmm. We were at the uh, first annual Kaiser Pride Fair yesterday. We were handing mm -hmm. out water. Lots of water. We oh my God. So yeah. much water. I think yeah. we handed out like what, 500 bottles of water yesterday? Yeah. Like there was so many people there. It was great. Yeah. We went back to the store twice for more water and ice. We did. So it we was, did. it was good. It was good that, that like people were that thirsty. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> they were thirsty. <laughs> it was really great. There was a lot of um, local businesses there that were selling some things and handing out free cards and services and, and things like that. There were some amazing performances by some local drag queens in the area. Um, there was a ton of stuff for kids to do. There were coloring mm -hmm. pages and bubbles and sidewalk chalk and rock, rock painting, painting and yeah. face painting. It was just like there was so much love there. Yeah. And I really like one of the things that I keep thinking about yesterday was that how many um, young people were there mm -hmm. and just thinking about like what an awesome place for them to have, you know, have mm -hmm. in their own community. And so I just, I thought it was really great. Yeah. So, and for young people to have that experience, like to like be able to maybe be themselves for the first time and feel accepted or, you know, I've heard of a lot of young people even just coming out 
at events like this mm -hmm. because they feel so safe and, and loved. And so to be in that space was so powerful. And um, I'm just so glad that that is a thing here. Yeah. So, I'm sure though, I'm sure there's going to be another one like yeah. next year. So, yeah. but I think that uh, Claire, the organizer, I'm pretty sure Claire is going to need to find a bigger location because there were so many people there all day, mm -hmm. which was awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it was great. So that's, that's what we did. And then um, this morning we begrudgingly worked out before we hopped on for our podcast this morning. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. We are preparing for a swing-a-thon through Fitness for All Bodies. And um, so this is uh, July 3rd and you have the whole day to complete your swing. So you don't have to just do it within a certain period of time. You can just kind of plug away at it throughout the day, but um, you can sign up and um, pledge a certain amount per swing. So we did what? 10, 10 cents. cents per swing and we're working towards a thousand swings. Mm -hmm which is a lot. We can do it. Yeah. We only did 150 in our workout this morning. So we've got a little ways to go, yes. <laughs> but we did some other stuff. We did. So, it wasn't the only thing we did. <laughs> right. Just kind of getting our swing groove back in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so you could do it that way or you could participate, but sponsor someone instead. So you were like, I really, you know, want to support Jill. And so you can put money towards, um, towards her, swings yeah so yes totally so you can um we'll put a link in the show notes um so you can go check out the event for yourself if mm -hmm. you um want to sponsor push fitness myself or cara just let us know you can email Slide us that into our dms you could <laughs> that's such a hip thing to say right i'm like i can't even bring myself to say it because it's too hip for me like i i think about like the word redonk <laughs> can't do that either it's just i'm not hip enough i I don't even think redonk is hip. It's a, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's like, like, is it gone already? I, did it go? Did it go over the hill with my age? Oh my god! I cannot. Like when I was volunteering at this high school in New York, the the big thing then was beasting. It's like, teacher Cara, why are you beasting? Why are you beasting? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard this. Yeah. So yeah. Well, wait, I think that I think the time is you don't have to worry about redonk anymore, Jill, because I think the time is passed. <laughs> Thank you for releasing me. From yes, this. you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Okay. Well. <laughs> So, all right. Anyway. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. So um, if you have like a, a current terminology list that you'd like to send my way. Would you also like to help us? Please sponsor Jill. <laughs> For my own education, apparently. <laughs> yes. So that's, uh, we're looking forward to that event coming up on July 3rd. So yeah, so today, uh, in today's episode, I am very excited because I get to interview my best friend, my business partner, my sister, and my co-host, Cara Turnquist. Oh, <laughs> so, thanks for having me, Jill. Yeah, welcome. Welcome <laughs> to my gym. <Yeah. laughs> so 
Yeah, so we're going to get to know a little bit more about Kara. I, some of the questions she knows I'm going to ask, some of the other ones she doesn't. So I have this like little list that I'm working off of, but I tried to like make him like super shorthand, like only I would know what they actually are. Yeah. So she may uh, surprise herself today. Be, be prepared for anything. Yes. Okay, so tell us about, tell us about you. So where are you from? What do you do? Okay, well, I grew up in Yakima, Washington. We actually moved to Yakima when I was five and it was right after me and my mom and dad biked across the country on a bike built for three to raise money to find a cure for diabetes. So fitness has kind of always been a thing in our family. Um, so I grew up in Yakima, Washington, which is a small agricultural town. Mm -hmm. And um, as soon as I graduated high school, I got the fuck out. <laughs> and that was it. And I lived like all of the other places for, you know, throughout my life. Yeah. Um, moved so around a lot. Where, where, where have you lived? Give us a uh, Okay. Well, I have lived, I went to school in Belling, undergrad in Bellingham. And then I went from there to, I lived in LA for a summer while I was there. And then I moved to New York city for graduate school. And then I went from New York city to, um, where did I go? Seattle. And then I went from Seattle to Houston. And then I went from Houston back to Seattle. And then I went to Wenatchee. And then I went to uh, here. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh, and Phoenix. Yeah, I, I was like, you Phoenix. left one out. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> so just a couple places. Yeah. <laughs> You've been around. You yeah. know what? I've lived here and in Seattle. Yeah. I'm a traveler. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So very important question before we dive into some more deeper stuff. Mm -hmm. If you could have any treat right now, mm. what would it be? Ooh, gosh. So for this time of day, after post-workout, I would say the passion fruit donut oh, from Doe Hook Bakery. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. If you live locally, they're pretty amazing. They're really good. Um, and I've got a thing for passion fruit. Yeah. You're passionate for passion fruit. I am very. <laughs> <laughs> so Just yeah. me being cool again. So that's, <laughs> so that's, but right now, like in general, my favorite treat like thing is the grape uh, popsicles from Outshine. Oh yeah. Those are good. Those are fabulous. Yeah, speaking of popsicles, your son gave me a really good popsicle the other day. It was the, the um, strawberry with the chocolate on it. Oh, yeah. That was really good. Yeah. So if, if you want good popsicles, come to the Turnquist house. Yeah, we are popsicle rich here because my kids <laughs> go through them. Like, so, <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so we'll have to hit up the popsicle and the and the donut stand after this. Yeah. <laughs> the donut stand. Oh, my God. I'm like... <laughs> This is going to be a great interview. We're gonna, hopefully we get it all on tape. Right. <laughs> so we talk a lot about on this podcast about um, body positivity and um, being having fitness for all bodies, regardless of what it looks like and how you can't determine health by the way that somebody looks. So um, mm -hmm. a question for you that we have, we being me, is... Um, what was your relationship like with your body growing up? Oh gosh. Okay. So, um, when I was younger, 
I don't remember having any negative thoughts about my body so much. Um, but you know, like I, I live in a bigger body. Like I'm just, I'm taller and bigger in general, mm -hmm. not just the fat on my body, but the size of my body in general. And there came a time when I hit like a hundred pounds and I remember getting the sense that my parents were like afraid of it. Mm. And then I was afraid of it. So I was like, oh gosh, I'm a hundred pounds. That's too much. But I was like a kid, you right. know, I, I was like, I don't know, like 10 years old or something. Um, uh, and I also, I danced as a kid. So I loved dance and their dance culture is rough when it comes to body image, mm -hmm. especially like ballet, yeah. because you know, the, you want to be a pretty, pretty ballerina and the pretty, pretty ballerinas are tiny right. and very thin. And there's a lot of eating disorders that happen within that space. Mm -hmm. um, and I was not immune to that. And, um, and so, you know, my mom is a type one diabetic. So she's had diabetes since she was five years old and she's got a lot of hangups about food and weight because there are a lot of things that like are sort of bad in her mind because they will spike her blood sugar. Mm -hmm. um, instead of thinking about it as like, I'm going to eat in this way in order to maintain my blood sugar levels. It's like, like, like sugar is bad. And so I really sort of internalized a lot of that message. And my mom's like, my mom is, and she, everybody's doing the best that they can. Like when we talk about people who have these internalized issues, it's not because we think that they're a bad person for doing that. Um, we all are subject to diet culture. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, you know, so I kind of really took that and ran with it as a kid. Like, you know, I demonized food groups. That was sort of my thing. It was like, when I was younger, it was like sugar, everything was sugar free. And oh my God, the farts in our house. <laughs> I don't know if you have had a lot of sugar free products, but uh, it is, it causes a lot of gas. I mean, I've had tofu farts. Oh, you've been on the receiving end of some of those. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. So, so like through my life, I'm thinking about this now. So through my life, I like, so sugar was bad at first. And then it was like, okay, we're, we're eating sugar now, but fat is bad. Right. So then it was, you know, eat only eight grams of fat a day or something. And this was like during high school. And I had a lot of support for that. I had a good friend who was doing this with me. And then my boyfriend at the time started doing this with me. So it was like a whole like eating disorder trifecta. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after that, I um, was vegan for a little while. So that was when I was in graduate school. Um, I had I had lost a lot of weight on Weight Watchers during that time. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got to a point where I wasn't losing any more weight. And the people at Weight Watchers told me to stop exercising so that I could lose more weight. Sure. So I could eat less. And I was like, mm, this isn't for me. So I gave that up and then went straight into a different like effed up thing with my body. So I went vegan, but I wasn't like, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I wasn't doing it for like a, a religious reason or anything. I was just sort of winging it. And so then I got really sick. It wasn't, my body didn't like it. Mm -hmm. So then I was sick for like six months and then I became a trainer and then went like paleo. So carbs were bad. 
and right. meat was good. And so it was just, you know, there's been a lot of demonization of foods. And my dad, like his whole life, as long as I can remember my dad, he's like gained a bunch of weight and then lost a bunch of weight, like the same 60 pounds, like gaining, losing, gaining, losing. So I never know like where he's like, I don't see my dad anymore, but like when I would visit him, I never know, like, is this going to be diet dad or not diet dad? Like, are we going to be eating cinnamon rolls for breakfast or am I going to be like scrounging around the house for like, you know, food? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've been with you to visit your dad on a couple of occasions, and I remember, like, every time I went there, there was, like, commercialized boxed diet foods everywhere, mm -hmm. um, and I thought that was really interesting, and so you mentioned, you mentioned that fitness has always been a big part of your family, mm -hmm. um, and on alongside that, there's been all of these different, like, changes with the, with diet culture like the, mm. the where sugar is bad and then fat is bad and then carbs are bad and like that kind of has gone along with um the mainstream diet culture so what do you think um you know as a kid what do you think how did fitness play into um how your family viewed food that's a great question so um both of my parents have always been really active. Um, and I think I did get the sense that fitness was a way to sort of even out what you've eaten. Mm -hmm. And it especially comes from my mom with her diabetes because mm -hmm. it does play such a role in her blood sugar levels. Yeah. You know, like you can use a long block in order to stabilize your blood sugar if you had too many carbs or, you know, like, so she, I, there's a, there's a lot of talk about that. And so in my mind, I learned that, that you could, you could, you know, it, what it became with diet culture is that you could punish yourself for eating certain things through yeah. exercise. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky enough that I really loved exercise enough that I think is one of the reasons I stuck with fitness. Mm -hmm. um, I can see that there, it, it, there are so many health promoting benefits, but I spent years utilizing fitness, not in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, there were some really wonderful things. Like I have some amazing memories as a child um, when we biked across the country, mm -hmm. um, just, you know, seeing all the different places um, stopping in all the different towns, um, being outside that much with my parents. Um, like it was probably like my favorite time as a family unit mm -hmm. that I can remember. And so there's something about that where I'm like, there's something about fitness and, um, that can be really special as far as bringing people together. But, um, but at the same time, I was still getting those messages. And ironically, this, this was a time when my mom developed a sort of what she would describe as like an eating disorder um, with food. Mm -hmm. So during, during the, the bike ride, she had to eat so much like chocolate and cookies and things like that in order to keep her blood sugar up. Mm -hmm. Like we were sponsored by Cadbury's. Like we had, oh, we had like a case of those like fruit and nut Cadbury bars, uh-huh, <laughs> which are delicious. 
Yeah. So we, <laughs> so like, I mean, we would, I would eat like one of those a day, which I mean, it's not really, I'm not trying to say that that's bad or good. Just it's more than I would have now. Yeah. Um, and you know, there were like those nutter butter cookies, mm-hmm. those, we had those on the trip. So like, I think, I don't think I've had a nutter butter cookie since I was five because I was so burnt out on them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I freaking love nutter butters. They were good. I enjoyed my nutter butter yesterday. I am so happy. We got- <laughs> That's great. But I have like, I have not touched those things since this spike ride because I was like, I you are am- nutter buttered out. I was <laughs> nutter buttered out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we get home from the trip. Um, and my mom is so used to having all of this like high calorie, uh, sugary foods that she was like trying to make herself stop because she knew that she needed to balance her blood sugar and she wasn't having the same activity level Mm -hmm. and she was having a hard time. And so it was like the more she tried to stop, the less she was able to. And so then that's during the time. Do you remember when I told you that my mom used to hide chocolate in her sock drawers and stuff and Mm -hmm. I would find it and eat it? Yeah this was the time she was doing that. Mm, okay. So, um, and I don't even know how she resolved it, but she was able to, but she was, she was doing a lot of like secret chocolate eating and like, uh-huh. <laughs> can relate to that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Zingers in the bathroom. <laughs> I did do that. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to our discussion. Do you love the Push Podcast? Support us by becoming a Push Patron. As a Push Patron, you will have exclusive access to our episodes, bonus materials, freebies, access to ask us questions, and more. Go to www.patreon.com slash pushfitness. That's www.patreon.com slash pushfitness now to get started. And now back to the Push Podcast. Okay, so you kind of already answered this question, um, but I wanted to see if there was any specific moment. Um, so you mentioned when you hit 100 pounds, mm-hmm. that was like a moment when you're like noticing that your parents were beginning to view you in a different way. Mm-hmm. When did you start to view yourself in a different way? When did you start to like really be conscious of your body? I can remember exactly the moment. Um, so I was at my cousin's house and I was getting ready because again, dance comes into the picture. I was getting ready to go to dance class. And I remember I had this favorite outfit. I kind of still wish I had this outfit, but it was like dark purple tights and then a lighter purple underwear or whatever like like it was like it was a two-piece so it wasn't Uh like a a whole leotard so there was like the bottoms and the top and the sides down both of them were like um laced together and I thought it was so cool yes and I was like ready to go and I was like like you know like just really feeling myself and I remember my dad saw me and like said that basically my outfit was inappropriate because a like I learned that I was too sexy and too fat in the same moment because Oof. of what he said. Like it was like, like it's inappropriate. You shouldn't be out in public like that because of what men will think of you. And he doesn't want men looking at me like that as if it was my responsibility to, you know, 
to change how wow. perverts think. Right. And then that I was also too big to wear this outfit. Mm-hmm. And I just, the, the shame that just sort of bowled me over in that moment. Like, it was like, I can remember like where I was standing, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> very visceral. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so I had a lot of like, I realized then that like fat was bad, being curvy was bad, you know, being sexy was bad, like all of that stuff. And then trying to figure out like, so I was super, super people pleaser, especially with my dad. Mm-hmm. And so like, how do I navigate that? You know, when I'm, am those things, like I was going through puberty, I was starting to feel sexy sometimes and felt proud of it until that moment mm-hmm. I was you know like so mm, that's really interesting like because I think a lot of people have had those moments with their parents mm-hmm. and as you were saying that it just I just remembered and I haven't even thought of this in like a million years I don't think I've ever told you this like I remember being in grade school and my brother like at the time starter jackets were really cool oh yeah and my brother had a Georgetown starter jacket and I would like steal it and wear it feeling like, oh, like, yeah, I'm yeah. so cool. And my dad told me that he didn't want me to wear those because they made me look like a bad girl, quote unquote, bad girls wear starter jackets. So I was going to be too, I was going to give the wrong message to boys whose thoughts apparently I'm responsible for by the jacket I wear. Right. So that's like, that's super interesting. I wonder, like a lot of people have probably had that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and yeah. I'll tell you as a, like a rape survivor that like those messages come back and really hit you. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I think that like, when I had that experience, it was like, I didn't tell anyone for three months because I really did believe that it was my fault Mm. and I used fitness and exercise as a way to punish myself because I thought like if I just wasn't so fat I wouldn't have been treated with disrespect Mm. if I wasn't so if I wasn't like deep down had these sexual feelings I wouldn't I wouldn't have attracted someone to do this thing to me yeah and um so it, it can, it, it, it runs deep, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And that's, <laughs> sorry, it's okay. That's okay. No, you don't have to apologize to me. Like <laughs> you're, you're the one with the experience, right? But I think that that isn't like, I thank you for talking about that because I think that that also, um, that also is something that doesn't get talked about enough. Like rape survivors and their stories and the fact that um the fact that they don't tell anybody for such a long time because of this shame and who knows where it began for Mm -hmm. them um and I think that you know more people speaking out about it like gives more power to the people whose voices should be elevated Mm -hmm. instead of well you shouldn't have been wearing that skirt that night which is just absolute bullshit right and and rape survivors are more likely to have eating disorders mm-hmm. um, is one of the things that I've learned, you know, since kind of basically studying it. Um, 
which is exactly what happens to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like you think, oh gosh, my body is bad. I have this like really concrete experience telling me that my body is bad and not worthy of respect. Mm-hmm. And so then you sort of obsess over like how to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's not your fault. Thank you. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Love you too. So tell us a little bit more about, um, it sounds like, it, t- you can tell me that I'm wrong, but it sounds like you, you've had quite a war within yourself with your body for many years. Yeah. Um, so how did that affect your relationship with other people? Ooh, well, I, um, you know, when you go into a relationship thinking that your worth is based primarily around what you look like, then it creates a lot of anxiety when what you look like changes. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this, this certainly happened a lot, like through high school and college where I, um, I remember meeting a boyfriend's parents for the first time and his dad pulled him aside and asked him like, if he really could see himself with someone as big as me. Oh God. And then he, and then my boyfriend told me about it. Yeah. And so it was like, I felt like it was like, uh, Hey, keep it together. You know, like I remember one time hearing, uh, some, I don't even know how I heard this. Like I, cause I don't listen to Howard Stern, but I heard like a quote from him. This is another one of those things that's like seared into your brain. Yes. And he was talking about Jennifer Lopez, who I thought was like so beautiful. And I felt like empowered by her because she was like a curvy woman mm-hmm. who people like idolized. And I was like, here we go. Like something kind of like me, like a little more of that, please. And then hearing him say that she was one tuna fish sandwich away from being a fat ass. Oh gosh. And I remember thinking that I'm like, you can never relax. Yeah. Like you can never, like, it's, it's just, it's never enough. And so there have been times when I would not go to parties or not go anywhere. If I knew that there was going to, I was going to be in a bathing suit or, Um, but then there've been times when I have managed to be thin for periods of time and I, you know, did a lot of those things. And there was all of this sort of low key anxiety around it. It's like, okay, I'm, you know, in my bikini all summer. Good, good. Okay. Like keep it together, Cara. Like, which is how I started becoming bulimic. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I realized I couldn't keep the weight off just by dieting and like willpower doesn't work that way. And so then I started just eating normally and sort of like, okay, I can relax, but then I just have to get rid of it. Uh And so, um, I did that like through like into my thirties. Yeah. Yeah. So like people who people who know you today, like people who know you today, who may not know as much about your past may Mm -hmm. never have known any of this about you. Sure. Because of like how, um, how much you've gone through and how much you've been like cultivating this, um, fitness for all bodies 
um, screw diet culture, let's just live our lives sort of mentality, which is awesome. Um, so how did you get there? Like, how did you, how did you make this um, shift from um, being deep in the trenches of diet culture and eating disorders to where you are now? That's a really good question. And I think like there either, I can't think of like this one moment, you know, like I like Meg Boggs talks about like having her daughter and she was like, my daughter's not going to see me grow up, you know, and, um, and having my sons definitely played a part in it. Um, partly because I was making this connection between, um, sort of rape culture and, diet culture and body image and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't, I don't want my sons growing up to be, I don't want my sons growing up looking at women in this way. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, re, I refuse to be a part of it. And so I've sort of intentionally parent my kids to, you know, respect people's bodies and to um, to no consent, but that wasn't the, that was that's not the whole story either. Right. It yeah. was it was also kind of like a, a giving. Let me see. When I left my husband, my last husband, um, it was a turning point for me. I am. Um, that relationship, it wasn't like, it wasn't like it was, I just decided to do a thing that I knew was going to be wildly unpopular, but I knew I had to do it in order to really like save myself and find myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that like my ex-husband is just a terrible person. He was a terrible person for me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want my son growing up seeing that part of me. Because in that relationship, it was very important that I looked a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, and I got a lot of pressure to like get plastic surgery and stay thin and work on this. And it was just like, and I guess I was just kind of had it. Yeah. And um, for those of you who don't know me personally, while I was figuring out that I wanted to leave my ex, I, I also fell in love with my current husband. So mm -hmm. there was a sort of messy overlap that I'm so glad that it turned out the way that it did, but I don't necessarily love how that happened. Yeah. But in some ways I can also be grateful that like finding someone in that moment who also he's like really saw me for who I was and not just what I looked like mm -hmm. too. Like there was something to that. And it, but all of that is still just all external, right? Like, yeah, it's not, it, it wasn't like coming from me yet. It was like coming still from outside mm -hmm. of myself. And, but it was like enough to get me going. Yeah. And so as I, as I sort of explored that, I just kind of got tired of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like, and I remember hearing somebody say that the least interesting thing about you is the way that you look. Mm -hmm. And I remember just sort of like that really resonating with me and being like, yeah, what, 
what other things are there about me? Because I'm so focused on this that I, it's almost like I don't give the other parts of myself that are way more interesting any playtime. And so it just kind of, it just sort of grew to where it wasn't because I was getting it from my, you know, my current husband or as a reaction to my ex-husband, it was because it was kind of coming within myself. Yeah. And that there was no moment really. It was just that I started seeking it out and little yeah. by little kind of dove deeper and yeah, it was, a, it was a process. Yeah. Which I think like when you, when we think back on like all the experiences that you've had from a young age throughout college and into your thirties, that was also a process. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it takes, it takes time to um, find your way um, out and through that. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, these little things that are coming in um, to your life and creating who you are today, like that's definitely a process. And you've said it before, like you're, you're like, you haven't arrived, like you're not sure. like you're cured from diet culture or no. anything like that, but um, you're able to, um, you're able to recognize it and address it when it comes up. And I think that um, that's, that's a place where I would love to see a lot of people get to, right, is where they recognize it and can kind of like question um, the validity of the things that they're thinking and sort of uh, find their way through that mess. Cause it's, it's messy. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to untangle that web. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm just, I'm very grateful that, that you have because of it, because not only because of the way that it has enriched your life and like your most authentic self, which is awesome to see. Um, I've been lucky enough to see some of that throughout the past 10 years, mm-hmm. um, hopefully more years to come. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think too, like the way that you interact with um, your clients too. Like seeing, I've, I've also seen the progression of you as a trainer. Mm-hmm. So like you, like from the time I met you as my trainer, mm-hmm. um, you never were quite focused on the aesthetics. I never really got that sense from you. Right. Um, even if you were feeling it, you didn't show that. Um, but I've certainly like, I've seen the progression of you becoming more vocal about um, being a, anti-diet being more uh, social justice conscious mm-hmm. con- conscious yeah and that's been like really beautiful to see so like when you think about Cara the trainer you know in your 30s and Cara the trainer now like what do you think the biggest differences are in how you approach fitness with your clients well um you know, when you and I first started working together, I was just making that shift from like what your body looks like to what your body can do. Mm-hmm. And, um, that, that was a really key first step, you know, to like, okay, let's get really strong. Let's see if mm-hmm. you can lift this. Let's challenge yourself in a different way. And, um, I think that that's a good place to start. But I also don't think that that's like, that's not the finish line for me because sometimes your body can't do like, you know, over the years we've worked with clients who have had knee replacements and hip replacements and chronic illnesses and things like that. And so what's the, what's the goal then if somebody can't do, you know? Right. And so it has become how, how your body feels and what we can do to kind of help you live your biggest life. Mm -hmm. And 
that's going to look differently for everybody. So, you know, like a lot, you know, I've got a client right now who has a lot of stress um, in her life. She's, she's moving again for like the second time in two years. She's, you know, she's got to, you know, get a house together. She's got kids, you know, she's got a job. And, and so there are some days when we kind of show up and we change the whole plan because of how her body feels and how she's coming, like basically how she's showing up today. And I, and I try to do that for all of my clients just Mm -hmm. to kind of see them and meet them where they are and help them live their biggest life. And one of the things that is fairly new to me that I'm exploring more and more deeply is really like the definition of health yes. has changed for me where like baby trainer, Cara, the definition of health was being skinny. Like you yeah. got to be thin, you got to look the part. And then you, of course you'll be healthy. Well, over the years, like it's just so in your face that that is not the case. Like that is being thin does not equal health. Mm-hmm. And so then it was like, okay, well, then you get really strong and that's how you're, you know, like, and, but that's not the case for everyone either. So, um, so you, I started kind of seeking out that question and really you start learning more about the social determinants of health, which, you know, like, do you have a community that you can rely on? Um, do you have access to healthcare? Uh, do you have, do you feel comfortable enough going into the gym? Do you, you know, like, what are your relationships like? What is your, what has your education been like? Do you have access to clean water? All those kinds of Mm -hmm. things. Like those are the things that can really contribute more to your health than almost anything else. Yes. Okay. All right. So you already answered that question for me. So I'm not going to ask you that one, but okay. Here, here's something kind of I think sort of fun to think about. Okay. You know how you have those moments where you're like, I wish I would have said to somebody. So I want you to take a minute and think about one of those moments. I wish I would have said, Oh gosh. Okay. And then I want you to tell me, tell us what you would have said. If you can go back, you don't have to tell us the whole situation if you don't want to. Okay. So I wish that I would have been prepared to say, oh, you mean confident. When someone said to me, you are so bossy. Nice. That is, (laughs) (laughs) oh, I think you mean I'm very confident and capable. Yeah. Yes. This is, that's a great question because that happens to me all the time. I do not think quick enough in the moment. But then I think back and I'm like, oh, this is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Then you say it to yourself in your car. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I think today, like in the world of social media, like you really could go back and say almost anything to anyone because yeah. we could like Facebook stalk you and do it. Right. <laughs> do you remember that time five years ago that you said? <laughs> right. Remember that time I saw you in the movie theater and <laughs> right. all those things. That's great. I like it. Okay. So, all right, here's another one. Okay. I want you to think about your old boyfriends. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's your, I wish I would have said moment to one of them. 
Let's think about it. Maybe the guy with the asshole dad <laughs> who said that you're too big. Right. <laughs> well, I guess maybe what I would have said to him is like, maybe I really am too much for you. Woo! I am just, I'm a lot of woman. Yes, you are. In all of the ways. <laughs> <laughs> maybe your dad just can't handle that. That's awesome. <laughs> I really love this. <laughs> okay. All right. So here's, here's one for you. Okay. This might be a little deep, but we'll see. We'll see if you can, if you want to do it. Okay, let's try it. Okay. What is something that you've never shared publicly? If you feel comfortable sharing it right now, what is it? (laughs) Okay. I think I know what you're trying to draw out of me. And and I'll I'll talk about it because I was thinking that this would be a good time to talk about it. Okay. That I am bisexual. Mm-hmm. that I talk a lot about, um, you know, my privilege as a cis hetero woman. And um, for the last couple of years, I've been talking like with you and with one of my other really close girlfriends about this, that um, it's really hard for me to identify as bisexual because I benefit from all of the unearned privileges of living a heterosexual life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it felt like, what do they call it? Um, gosh, there's a term for it where you um, claim to be in like an oppressed minority sort of for the attention of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what that's called. But anyway, it um, to me, like talking, like talking about that, because I'm, I'm basically, I'm pretty, I'm married. So I'm pretty bought in to this life. Yeah. Um, but there's, but there are times when I think like, it would be nice to be more authentic to mm-hmm. say like, this is also a part of me because I, I, it's much more accepted to be a bisexual woman than being a bisexual man. Yes. But at the same time, there's also a lot of like, oh, you know, so. So gonna, now you're bisexual, huh? So you're going to have a threesome? Or, yes. Or are you more likely to cheat? Or are you like, basically, are you just not sure? Because it's, you know, like, it's just sort of seen as something that's not real. That's not real. Like, oh, you, it's certainly not possible because. And that's just not the case. Um, and so I haven't, I haven't really been out about my sexuality for those reasons, because mm-hmm. it just seems like it would be a lot of, you know, I'm not embarrassed by it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that um, because I like, receive the unearned privileges of living a heterosexual lifestyle that it it kind of feels like something like I'm I don't know like I'm not gay enough or Mm -hmm. that I'm not um or basically or like I'm not like that I'd have to like prove it. Like, I feel like I'd be asked to prove it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, oh, well, I've never seen you have a relationship with a woman or like, oh, are you going to have a relationship with a woman now that you're out? And like, no, none of those things. 
yeah, like because, <laughs> because you you have been like right, you know, for all these years. And so that doesn't like just because you announce it publicly doesn't mean that that changes your situation. Like, <laughs> right. And honestly, I don't know, like when I when we talk about social justice, I might still sort of talk about myself in that cis hetero way because of the fact that I am married to a man. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not prejudiced against. Like mm -hmm. people don't come at me. Um, and so I I don't do it to protect myself from people coming at me. I'm doing it as a way to recognize like that I I I I want I want people to see my privilege and see it as a privilege because I'm because when I talk about my privilege, I'm talking about it as in it's not fair that I have right. it. Um, and so, so I'm still kind of navigating how I want to show up because I want to be authentic, but I also want to be very real about like that, hey, like I am still a white cis woman living in this world with all of these privileges and I want it not to be that way. I want to, I want there, I want all people to feel, you know, comfortable being you know, themselves in their relationships. Mm -hmm. We want that for you too. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the, the fact that you can even like, that you even acknowledge it that way, like is, is an authentic way to show up. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, how, how does it feel like saying that on our podcast? It feels it feels good. Like it feels like I can, you know, I'm kind of just one more kind of stepping into myself. Mm -hmm. um, it's also a little bit scary because I do know that there are, like I've talked to some other friends who have, you know, come out or not that are in similar situations as me. Mm -hmm. And there've been times when they have really felt like they have, you know, they're not gay enough to mm -hmm. be kind of part of the or <laughs> that community. Yeah. 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 So, um, so, so yeah, it, like, you know, like to go to pride yesterday and, um, and sort of kind of feel all of that energy and see how people are showing up as their authentic selves in all the different ways. It's like, I can show up as my authentic self and still recognize my privileges and still be an ally in the ways that I can and I'm able to. And um, like it, all of those things can, can exist together. Yes. Yeah. I like, I like the um, replacing, but with, and yeah, like, and I can do this and I'm this way and I recognize that. Like, mm -hmm. I think all of those things can definitely coexist. Yeah. So I just, I want to say, I actually, I wasn't trying to pressure you no, into I know. saying that. <laughs> I actually didn't know what you were going to say, but I wanted to like <laughs> give you the opportunity to say whatever it was. I didn't know what you were going to say. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I thought maybe yeah. I might've been hearing something brand new for the first time, <laughs> which you know. I don't know. I think you kind of know all the things, Jill. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> okay, here's one for you. This, okay. this is like my last, this is my last question. Okay. Okay. If you could have anything put on a billboard, 
what would it be? Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things that just came to mind. <laughs> you need multiple billboards. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, so the, the first thing that came to mind is a t-shirt that I saw recently, which is a don't hate masturbate. Yeah, which is sort of like a, like a very direct, because like the proud boys don't masturbate. And so it'd be sort of like a, not only like, you know, love yourself, but fuck you proud boys. <laughs> It's like a little one-two combo. I like it. So I kind of like things like that where you can kind of get a nice message out there, but you can also but also like yes, <laughs> I like it. Um, but you know, the more PC version would be to um to love yourself or like sort of like I guess it would be you are worthy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that reminders like that, like I've been I've been thanking my body a lot lately and telling myself that I'm worthy and damn that shit works mm -hmm. like to say it out loud even like it feels kind of funny at first you're like oh I'm talking to myself but to say like Kara you are worthy mm -hmm. or thank you body for letting me do this thing that is incredibly powerful and if you aren't doing that you should definitely try it out I like it I like it so if you want to sponsor the billboard, yeah, <laughs> put up the billboard, let us know which one. Give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. That was great. I, I really like, that was really fun getting to interview you like this. So. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you. Yes. So, and we are, we do have some other interviews um, lined up. Um, but if you think that you might want to be interviewed on the push podcast, or if you have somebody in mind that you're like, they need to be on the push podcast, let us know. You can email us at info at the push mm -hmm. um, you can call or text us at 503-383-1043. We'd love to uh, hear from you. So yeah, that's all that we have for you today. If you like the push podcast, make sure you hit subscribe, give us a review. The more subscriptions and reviews that we get, the more visibility we get and the easier we can find more listeners just like you. Also consider becoming a push patron. If you go to www.patreon.com pushfitness, you can see all of our uh, membership options there. You can get some exclusive content and some freebies. So go check that out and we'll see you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Bye. Bye.